Howdy boys and girls, welcome to Lords of Order, a DC's Dr. Fate fan podcast. I am your host, Ed Moore. In episode 134, we're going to be looking at... Yeah, I'm certainly not going to talk like that the whole time through, though. Uh, if you do want to send me feedback, first of all, guys, you can tweet me at Teal Productions, T-E-A-L Productions. Uh, Teal Productions and Lords of Order both have pages on Facebook. The email address is the Dr. Fate Fan Podcast at gmail.com. The website, bigtimenoise.com slash Dr. Fate. And we do have forums at justanotherfanboy.freeforums.net. The story is from Justice League of America, the first volume, issue 102, cover dated October 1972, on sale August 11th, 1972. And the story is entitled, And One of Us Must Die. This is brought to us scripted by Lynn Ween, penciled by Dick Dillon, inked by both Joe Giella and Jick, Jick, Dick Giordano, and lettered by Ben Oda. Now, this is issue 102 of Justice League of America. The last I spoke of was issue 100. In between, we saw the introduction of Mr. Terrific, Earth 2, Green Lantern, and Robin. Superman, Sandman, and Metamorpho all teamed up to rescue the Shining Knight. The Earth 2, Wonder Woman, Hawkman, and Dr. Midnight teamed up to rescue the uh, rescue Green Arrow. And Batman, Starman, and Hourman teamed up to rescue Stripesy. So those are the the soldiers that were rescued and who did it last issue. No appearance by Dr. Fate. So um, this one, we see on the left-hand side a run-through of some of the characters in the book. Superman, Batman, Flash, Green Lantern, Black Canary, and Green Arrow. The main picture is Superman, which actually, let me take a look here at something and see who did the cover. The cover was by Nick Carty this time out. And on it, Superman is standing atop a big boulder surrounded by Green Arrow, Red Tornado, Green Lantern, Black Canary, Hawkman, Dr. Fate, Flash, Sandman, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, Earth 2, and Batman. Behind him, flashing lightning. And he is saying, for the Earth to live, one of us must die, in some dire pronouncement, which is the title of the story. The Splash Page... Concluding the monumental 100th anniversary adventure of the Justice League of America, we have the Seven Soldiers of Victory, uh, the Shining Knight in the middle with a sword stabbed down into a sphere, which is the Earth, being held by the Iron Glove's weird freaky hand out in space. It was going to be a party at first, but the interdimensional summons of Dr. Fate had changed that. Now it was a manhunt, a desperate quest that has led the members of the Justice League and Justice Society down the infinite corridors of time. The object of their search, the seven soldiers of victory, long-lost champions who alone can save their planet from the awesome nebulous hand that holds the Earth. But the price of such success may prove most terrible indeed. The title, once again, and one of us must die. The story opens with the Oracle... Uh, Kind of catching us up on what is going on, kind of us, kind of uh, telling us his place. He's looked in on a couple things. He sees that the Iron Hand apparently is threatening Earth One Wonder Woman, Dinah Prince. Can't I don't think that that really is what happens there. And then we also see that Earth One Green Lantern 
Robin and Mr. Terrific have entered the fray, helping some people out as they have uh, gone to the monument left for the fallen member of the Seven Soldiers to try to figure out who that is. Now, in the first uh, story, we have Green Arrow, Black Canary, and Johnny Thunder, who come to rest in the North Plain, North, North American Plains of, uh, okay, the Plains of North America. There we go. And there is a Native American village down here. Little fussing here between Green Arrow and Johnny Thunder and Black Canary. Both of them want her as their companion, and she doesn't want to be had by either of the men. They go down, uh, and they see that Vigilante has been taken captive. As they're trying to figure out how they're going to rescue him, other members of this Native American village, uh, I guess slash tribe, but I think it's just a village, uh, jump from the trees where they're watching Black Canary, Green Arrow, and Johnny Thunder and subdue them. Quickly after that, we get a full-page ad for Kenner's SSP supersonic power vehicles that are ripcord-powered, I believe, and all the different things. You've got a couple. You've got Moving Marvin and Knight Rider, and then you've got different things they can jump on and over and through. Back in the village, uh, they're being spoken to by probably who is supposed to be the leader of the tribe. He's indicating that they must die, as will the other white-skinned vigilante, because the buffalo spirit has told him that is the case. He feels that if they don't get rid of all the white men, that by holding them hostage, it will uh, entice or incite other white men to come, and the Native Americans will never be rid of the white man. Just as uh, they, he, he's speaking to Green Arrow, Black Canary, and Johnny Thunder inside one of their uh, tents. He goes outside and he's about to set fire to Vigilante, who is staked. He sees that our three heroes previously mentioned have escaped their bonds and come out and free the Vigilante. Uh, as soon as they got into trouble, Johnny Thunder called for his thunderbolt, and he never arrived. Well, he arrives now, and he said, uh, "He says it took me a thousand years or so to find you. You're kind of off the beaten path." So he finally arrives and changes a. I don't know for whatever reason. There's a giant herd of buffalo that is going to rampage through the village, and Thunderbolt changes them all to butterflies, and then says that it's okay. As soon as they calm down, they will change back from butterflies into being. Bison. Having rescued Vigilante and everything, they are whisked away. They say Oracle is bringing them home. I'm not sure if that's really what is happening or not, but they go somewhere. Then we have a full-page ad for one of my favorites, the Stratomatic baseball game. I had the hockey game, Stratomatic, uh, but this is for the baseball game from Port Washington, New York. Stratomatic is a uh, very famous tabletop simulation for major sports in the U.S. Been around for a long time. Well, obviously, this is the early 70s. Next up, Aquaman, Wildcat, and Earth-1 Green Lantern arrive 50,000 years in the past and see a bunch of Cro-Magnon men attacking a uh, something in a, in a cave, and they go to check it out. And it's the star-spangled kid, but a very wibbly-wobbly, kind of freaked-out uh, star-spangled kid. And then... They all plummet to the ground because Green Lantern's ring loses power as there is some kind of yellowish fog haze 
in the atmosphere. And his one weakness um, is, at this point, is the color yellow. So they fight off uh, this Cro-Magnon tribe. Ultimately, Wildcat goes up against a Goliath-sized member of the tribe. They all rush into the cave to see if they can find Stripe C, and they, they start looking around, and they see that uh, he has set up a kind of primitive projector made of quartz and scrap metal that he used to project himself, and it looked it made him look all funky as to when these three heroes initially saw him. Aquaman finally finds Stripe C, and as they're talking, the rain that has started outside has caused a flash flood in the cave. So Aquaman has to rescue Stripesy, and he in turn is rescued from the flash flood by Green Lantern, who is sitting outside on a rock with a giant umbrella also above he and Wildcat. And Green Lantern pulls Aquaman and the Star-Spangled Kid out of the water. They then fade away. Flash, Zatanna, and the Red Tornado pop up in merry old England. Or no, I'm sorry. A small Mediter Mediterranean island is where they pop up. Actually, the um, British countryside was where in issue 101, Wonder Woman, Hawkman, and Dr. Midnight found Green Arrow, which Green Arrow, England. It was it, it was a story that took place during Robin Hood and, and uh, the Sheriff of Nottingham and all that kind of stuff. But here on this island in the Mediterranean, they find Speedy, but he is a centaur. And when they chase him down, they find that they have landed on the island from mythology that Circe inhabits. And she has uh, captured and changed several men into half-men, half-animal hybrids. And Speedy was just her most recent discovery. They indicate to her that they need to take their uh, friend home. Uh, that First of all, she needs to change him back, and they need to take him home. And so she's like, um, my island, my dude, be gone. But before you're gone, let's play a game. And so she gives Speedy three arrows, and he shoots one arrow at each of Flash, Zatanna, and Red Tornado. With the understanding that as long as they avoid the arrow, they're good. But should the arrow touch them, they will be changed into their worst nightmare. Well, each of the heroes eventually succumbs, and Flash is changed into a half-human, half-snail, Zatanna into half-human, half-hummingbird, and Red Tornado into half-human, half-mole, like the burrowing mole creature. Cersei then leaves them um, with casting a spell that has Red Tornado and Flash attack each other using their super speed. Zatanna figures out that she can flap her wings and make sounds, and by varying the sounds, she is able to sound out one of her backward spells that undoes the three of them. Uh, they then go to Cersei, they get the jump on her, they get her magic wand, and by breaking her magic wand, it breaks her spell over everyone, so all of the people change back, and they ultimately leave her there with the people that she's changed kind of upset because they can remember what she did and they all fade away and head back. So now everybody is present and accounted for, as Superman says. Uh, one, yeah, uh, I can't really count the seven soldiers of victory to make sure because they're all spread out in this panel, but there are lots of people here, everyone, as I have said. I'm not going to list them all. There are too many. Uh, but if the seven soldiers are here, Johnny Thunder says, who is buried in the unknown soldier's tomb? 
And just then, Mr. Terrific Robin and Earth 2 Green Lantern appear and say, we can answer that. And as Robin is start is, is going to explain, um, something to note also, for those of you that aren't aware, uh, this Earth 2 Robin is not the young kid like the Earth 1 Robin is. This Earth 2 Robin is a grown man. Um, he's married to somebody there to Huntress maybe or so I forget who he's married but he's a he's a grown man and married as he starts to explain the Crimson Avenger jumps up and says no friend let me tell everyone what you found the unknown soldier of victory is my aide and companion Wayne it was he who died to defeat the Nebula man and if there is any justice in this world he was buried where he fell with honors Green Lantern tells him he was indeed Crimson Avenger. Holy men from a nearby temple witnessed the battle and laid your friend to rest when it was over. He was as brave a man as ever lived. You've a right to be proud of him. Now we see that the Iron Hand is the hand that was originally defeated that brought together the Seven Soldiers of Victory. I didn't make that connection. It occurred to me when I saw him in issue 101. It didn't occur when I saw him at the end of issue 100. Sorry, uh, your humble host is kind of dense at times. Well, a lot of times. But the hand is at the Happy Harbor former headquarters of the Justice League, where they all started this adventure. And he's got Dinah Prince hostage, threatening to hurt her if they don't do what he says. Well, she turns the table on him, and with a uh, chop of some sort, uh, they don't really describe it, she, she f fakes uh, being the, the frail female, and then turns and breaks his hand, basically. Uh, chops it off of his body. Now, with him subdued, the heroes force him to tell them, you know, what do we need to do to stop the hand? And he said, well, there's not really anything you can do because that giant hand was controlled by the mechanical hand that your friend and buddy here just destroyed. So, Dr. Fate comes up with a plan. He asks the seven soldiers to recreate the weapon they built that destroyed the Nebula Man. So, they go about that and rebuild this, um, what do they call it? Some kind of rod. Looks like well, nebula rod is what they call it. it. looks almost like a miniature missile, really. Now, the only problem with it is that uh, in order to activate it, it has to be activated by someone in person at the hand. They, they have to do it directly, so it can't be remote controlled, which means whoever does it will sacrifice their life, much like Wing did when they defeated, when the seven soldiers defeated the nebula man. So now they start arguing back and forth. Superman, no. Dr. Fate, no. The Green Lanterns, no. Off to the side here, you see Red Tornado approach the rod. Green Arrow, no. A, uh, another ad for patches here. Dynamite embroidered cloth patches that tell it like it is. Peace, love, the Playboy Bunny, uh, STP, the Confederate flag, Happy Face, the Beatles, Sergeant Pepper, Felix, the cat, Popeye. And you can get these from the Gandalf Products Company of New York, New York. Finally, when they get done arguing, Batman sees a note, notices that the rod is gone and Red Tornado is gone. Red Tornado left a note, and it says, My friends, when you read this, it will be too late to stop me. I have taken the Nebula Rod and gone to face my destiny alone. You said nothing human could do what must be done and survive. Then perhaps I have a better chance than most. An android is not human. If I perish, all that will be lost is some circuitry and gears. If I'm successful, I will see you all soon. If I am not... Remember me, your friend, Red Tornado. Uh, 
Wonder Woman and Black Canary are shown here in a panel, uh, kind of crying. Uh, uh, through the sounds of muffled weeping, echoes a blast. Qua ra 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 room, it says. Superman, Starman, Dr. Fate go out a little while later searching for any remnants of Red Tornado. They find none. So here the Red Tornado has given his life to save the Earth and is gone. And in the bottom half of the last page, we have an ad for Commandy, the last boy on Earth. Now, our letters page contains letters from James Belko, Mark Davis, Mike Grunewald, and Bab Abraham. Uh, Bab Abrahams, excuse me. A 100-piece toy soldier set is advertised. Prizes or cash from the Winners Club of the uh, Junior Sales Club of America, Springfield, Massachusetts, on the inside front cover, or inside cover. Okay, one more time, the inside back cover. On the back cover is the Imposters, uh, again, mean racing machines that change uh, or Tame-looking cars, rather, that change to mean racing machines from Aurora of West Hampstead, New York. And so there is the uh, brief, though it is, appearance of uh, Dr. Fate in issue 102 of Justice League of America. Next up is Justice League of America issue 107. The next JLA JSA team up, I'm assuming. I don't know for sure because I haven't read it yet. And so after I have read that, I will don headset microphone and speak at you about what I thought about that book. That will be next time, episode 135. Talk to you then, guys. Ciao.